Hi, this is Cal Quantrill, and you're listening to the East Village Times podcast. NL West, SD across the chest, youth movement, really dope X prospects, Big Willie, leader of the young pups, they hating on us, watching you them jump up. We ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody. The outfield, mad skills, Lottie Dottie. Austin Hedges throwing out everybody. We at the ballpark, every game's a party. Ignorance is bliss, so we never trip. If the pitching's up the mod and watch out for the kids. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick, ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times Podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as always, is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, James. How about yourself? Uh, much better. I think we both uh, survived the plague that we uh, we battled <laughs> through and and are ready to talk some Padre baseball. Uh, Padres are in Monterrey, Mexico, uh, preparing themselves for a three-game set against their rival Dodgers. Um, any thoughts about this? I don't, I don't want to say historic, but this kind of cool series in, in uh, Mexico that the Padres are about to to, to take on. I mean, I I honestly don't know if they're even going to play today because there's I think there's about like a ninety percent chance of rain tonight in nice. Mexico. So yeah, it's supposed there's supposed to be a thunderstorm. So I, I'm guessing they don't play today. Um, it, it might rain tomorrow too. So they might have to I don't know play a double. I guess they would play a doubleheader tomorrow if it doesn't rain, but. Um, I think they're going to have to play a doubleheader at some point this weekend, or I guess maybe move one of those games to when they're back in uh, the States later in the year, I mean, because they play the Dodgers enough, so, yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah, it looks like they're not going to play tonight, at least currently, so we'll have to see how things shake out, but there's like a 60% chance of rain from like 4 o'clock onwards, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not looking good, I was looking forward to the, the Casey-Walker-Bueller uh, matchup tonight, that, would, that, that was something that was pretty interesting to see both those young phenoms uh, battle each other, but Mother Nature will prevail, I guess. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, they're able to get all three games in this weekend. But yeah, as Patrick said, it looks like rain is in the forecast, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, let's talk a little bit about the way this team's playing recently. Uh, you know, the Padres are eleven and twenty-one right now uh, in fifth place. I hear a lot of people still kind of complaining about the way this team's playing, and it still blows my mind because we all knew that they were a work in progress. Um, injuries have been a huge factor, obviously. Hedges going down recently, Myers for a second trip on the DL. Uh, our boy Hunter Renfro is also out. Um, I, I don't know. Give me give me your thoughts on this first month and in a couple of days and exactly what you see from this team moving forward yeah i know the uh the uh, 5.5 podcast guys uh talked about this on their show um they had they had a tweet out kind of how everyone's feeling about the start and i just said i feel pretty calm i mean this is exactly what i expected i mean i haven't seen anything i wasn't expecting i mean uh, maybe i wasn't expecting uh lauer and lucchese to be up i wasn't expecting lucchese to pitch so well um i wasn't expecting villanueva to kind of turn into what he's turned into so far um there's definitely been some surprises, but I think overall in terms of how the team's performing, the record, I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, this is what you were going to get. I think too many people bought into the Hosmer hype and thought, you know, this year they were going to turn a corner and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, you look at the pitching staff and it's just, it's not good. So I don't know what you really expect from a team that has a pitching staff like that and an offense with so many uh, offensive holes. 
Um, I mean, the bullpen's been great. I mean, recently they've had a little bit of a struggle, but I think that's been a, I think that's been a pleasant surprise. I don't think anyone thought the bullpen was going to be that good, but um, there's definitely positives to be had. It's not like it's all doom and gloom, but this is a team still kind of in a transition, so you can't really expect you know first place in the NL West. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they have played probably below what I expected, and I think injuries have a lot to do with that. I mean, you start out the year with. The Nelson Lamed on on the elbow, and he was supposed to really eat up innings and probably be this team staff ace at, or that was their thought process at one point. So it's it's been a tough year, but again, we what did we expect? Did we expect a World Series championship? Did we expect to to compete? In in all honesty, no, we didn't. So it's about growth, and I mean, look at how well Villanueva's played. Look at how well Lucchese's played. Lauer's shown a little bit in his last start, so. It's exciting to see these young players come up. Uh, sure, you want to see a little more from from uh, Manuel Margot, uh, Austin Hedges, uh, players like that. But it's a work in progress, and you have to admit that this team is, is trending in the right direction. And that's always good to see when it comes to the San Diego Padres. Yeah, and also shout out to Eric Hosmer. I mean, the dude's been a monster the last two weeks. He's, he's running 200-plus yeah, yeah. WRC-plus the last uh, 14 days. So. Um, yeah, it, it's been good for him. I mean, he's he's gotten a lot of criticism for you know RBI or whatever, but yeah. let's, let's not play that game. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, he's he's definitely he's definitely hitting well lately. Starting to get some more extra base hits. Um, few balls in San Fran probably would have been home runs elsewhere. Um, so yeah, I think he's starting to kind of click a little bit, and uh, it's going to be good to see kind of how he he continues the season uh, as it progresses. Yeah, no, that t- that time off for him seemed to do wonders for him. Uh, going back home, I don't know if he was able to reflect a little bit, but he's really come on strong. And this is the Eric Hosmer that we should see the rest of the year, and hopefully the rest of this uh, five to seven year contract as well, because this is the type of player he is: line drive hitter, gets on base, uh, makes things happen. So it, it's exciting. He's embraced the number two uh, role in the in the batting lineup. So we'll have to wait and see if he's able to uh, kind of rejuvenate some of these young players around him. And hopefully, I think that's what the Padres are hoping for at this point, right? Yeah, it's been good to see so far, and uh, hopefully he becomes a rock in the lineup uh, for years to come. But we'll see how that goes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Okay, for our guest today, uh, we decided to give uh, a ring to MLB.com, our our friends over there, and uh, get a hold of Mike Petriello, who's going to be joining us shortly. He's a former ESPN writer, former writer for Fangraphs. Uh, He does a lot of the StatCast stuff for MLB.com. He's going to be an interesting conversation, so uh, stick with us. We'll be right back with Mike Petriello. Welcome back, folks. Thank you for joining us uh, on Episode 94 of the Padres EBT Podcast. Uh, We are pleased to be joined uh, with Mike Petriello, who's here from... uh, MLB.com. What's going on, Mike? How are you doing today? Hey, guys. How are you? Happy to be talking some Padres baseball. Thank you. Well, that's uh, pretty surprising for a, a national writer like yourself <laughs> to actually want to talk about this team, but we're we're, we're excited. Uh, Patrick and I have been fans of this team for a long time. It's been a, a long road, and, and uh, it's exciting to see this team make a little bit of uh, national news, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I've always been kind of fascinated by the Padres. Uh, I mean, partially my brother was in, in North Park in San Diego, so I'm always kind of paying okay. attention to town through him. Okay. Uh, but the Padres are really interesting. Even though they've not been super successful, uh, I've, I've just found them to have some kind of fascinating guys. Like last year, 
Luis Perdomo, for a variety of reasons, just became like one of our causes that we were just so interested in everything Luis Perdomo did. And then obviously over the winter when they hired uh, Dave Cameron from Fangrass and Dave's a friend of mine, that was you know, really interesting to see. And then, of course, this year has been entirely about the Franchi Cordero experience. So they're a lot of fun. I, I find myself watching more Padres baseball than I expected this year. Yeah, no, with the young system developing and growing, it's, it's I think uh, – these next couple of years are going to be pretty exciting. There's a there's a lot of interesting uh, farmhands in the system. Um, so let's let's get right into it. Uh, let, let's talk about the Eric Cosmer deal right away. Uh, immediately once he signed, or well, not immediately, but you wrote something about the Cosmer deal worth the risk. Um, talk to me about Eric Cosmer and what you expect to see, or what the Padre fans should expect to see from him moving forward. Yeah, he's off to a pretty good start, right? Uh, yeah. You know, three yeah. hundred average, four hundred OBP, and five hundred slugging, right? So if you can maintain yeah. that. That's a pretty good deal. I, I went back and forth on that deal a lot this winter. I do think Eric Cosmer is somewhat overrated. I, I've never looked at him as a superstar. I've looked at him as like an inconsistent, sometimes above-average player. And yet, I liked the deal more than I thought I would, and I'm just not sure if I was so influenced by the fact that nobody was signing anybody this winter that I was so happy to see a team go out and spend some money to improve themselves. Uh, so that's probably part of it. And they did improve themselves. Like, Hosmer... You know, I don't expect him to be a Mike Trout, Paul Goldschmidt kind of player because I don't think he is. But he's off to a fantastic start, and he's still young. You know, if if he's okay with the Padres, uh, you know, not contending this year or maybe next year, he's still young enough that he can be there and be a big part of it uh, when they are ready to contend. So, you know, if really the way I look at these contracts is the only way that fans should really be upset if a team is spending money is if the spending of that money prevents them from doing something else. You know, I think you've seen that a little bit with uh, Albert Pujols and the Angels, where that kind of deal has really uh, hamstrung them a little bit. And if, if that's not the case here, which it may not be because the Padres have a pretty low payroll, then then great. I mean, it's a it's a big name. It's, it's fun to see uh, a team like this going out uh, and getting the guy. Like, you would have never thought a year ago it would have been the Padres coming up with it. So I, I thought that was seriously. Good. Yeah, I think you uh, perfectly summed up my thoughts. I didn't think I was going to like it, but, I mean, here I am a month in, and I'm not complaining yet, so so far so good. Um, so anyone that listens to the StatCast podcast uh, knows that I think uh, you, you and Matt talk about uh, – it seems like you guys talk about a Padre player uh, just about every week on your podcast. Uh, I think that started last year with uh, Luis Perdomo. I kind of wanted your thoughts on Perdomo, and, I mean, obviously he's in AAA now. Um, so what, what, how did you and Matt respond to that initial demotion, and kind of what, what are you guys' thoughts on him uh, moving forward? Yeah, I mean, what we've found with a lot of the StatCast stuff is that uh, maybe more than anything, it's a really great scouting tool. You know, it tells you pretty quickly, is a guy fast? Does he have, like, a, a great spin rate? Can he hit the ball really hard? It doesn't necessarily make you a great player. You know, like, Luis Perdomo has a really killer sinking fastball, and he gets a lot of ground balls, and that's awesome. That is a tool that not a lot of guys have, but by itself, that is not enough to make you a successful big league ball player. So I like looking at it to find interesting things about guys that we may not have thought about uh, before. So Perdomo, for sure, last year was one of those guys. Um, it wasn't shocking to me that he got sent down. I think that does say a little bit about the improved strength of the Padres' rotation, that you have guys that you could you know, use, like pulling Tyson Ross out of nowhere and, and Joey Lucchese and you know, bringing up Eric Lauer, that, that you can send down a guy like Perdomo. Because I think last year it was just, we need to stitch together a starting rotation. We couldn't possibly send him down. I do like the idea of him getting some minor league time just because as a Rule 5 guy, he never really had that upper high-level time. So I'm interested to see if he can learn and come back and be successful. Yeah, there's 
much improvement to be made with Perdomo, but you, you got, I guess you have to take in fact that he is a rule, former Rule 5 guy who never pitched above AA. So the seasoning's being being done now in the minors, and, and we'll see what, what that comes about. Um, let's talk about someone who you described as runs like D. D Gordon and hits like Joey Gallo, and that would be Franchi Cordero. Uh, so much to discuss with this, this young man. Uh, give me your immediate thoughts on Franchi Cordero. I think my immediate thoughts are are just wow, right? I mean, yeah, he's yeah, a great example. Really, he, he's a, it's too too early to say, right? But he's a great example of a guy with unbelievable talent who may or may not actually turn out to be a good major league ball player. Um, I think that that one game in Arizona summed up the Franchi Cordero experience, where he crushes the ball 489 feet, the longest home run track of the year, and then screws up in the outfield and blows the no hitter. Like that is the Franchi oh, yeah. experience to me. <laughs> In one game, but I, obviously, you know, scouts have been on this guy for a long time, and I, I think the numbers we're seeing in the majors really back it up. You know, it's a skill to hit the ball really, really hard, right? Like Billy Hamilton does not have this skill and never will. And I'm looking at the numbers right now. Uh, the number of guys who've hit a ball at least 115 miles an hour off the bat, he's done it six times this year. He's tied with Giancarlo Stanton, and the next place guy is Aaron Judge, and after that is Joey Gallo. I mean, you do not. Wow. Act- Wow. You do not accidentally do that. You can't yeah, run exactly. into 115. <laughs> That's a skill. Uh, and then obviously having the longest hit home run of the season tells me something. And then if you look at uh, his speed, we have the sprint speed leaderboards. And he's like, uh, you know, in the top dozen or so. I mean, that is all elite. Now, if he doesn't learn how to make contact, if he doesn't learn how to lay off some of these outside pitches, it might not matter because you know, all this stuff is nice. But if you strike out 50% of the time, none of it matters. But, you know, looking at the numbers so far... He's hitting 260. He's got a, a 316 on base. Those are more or less average. And then the slugging percentage is off the charts. He's been pretty good so far, and he's only 23. And what I found really interesting about him that I didn't know when I started doing some research is I didn't re- realize he'd come into the system as an infielder and was yeah. a really just atrocious yeah. shortstop. I mean, I don't, yes, really, he was. <laughs> I don't really care about errors. Like, they're not a good stat, but I don't have anything better at single A. And then I found... You know, what was it? He had like 56 errors in 70 games or something like that. And that is yeah, unbelievable. Exactly. <laughs> so the fact that he's still 23 and he's only been playing outfield. He's for impressive like, in so many levels, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always something. And, you know, he's only been playing outfield <laughs> for like yeah. three years. So, you know, if he can make even the slightest bit of contact. So he's 23. Margot is 23. Uh, and then, you know, I know they've got Myers out there now. But Renfro is kind of young. There's a lot of outfield talent. And I, I think the Padres are in a good situation where you can give this guy some rope you know he's going to strike out a ton it's going to happen but if he makes even like just bad contact as opposed to atrocious contact that might be enough to make him a star yeah i mean i think it's kind of interesting he has taken some step forward steps forward this year i mean his his walk rate is slightly increased his strikeout rate is decreased um he's swinging at less pitches outside the zone um so i think you can see he's making improvements i think the interesting thing for me is his defense hasn't looked great and it hasn't really graded out very well so i think you need a bigger sample for that um, but I, I think, yeah, if he can if he can cut the strikeout rate to, you know, the, the upper 20s, lower 30s, I think he could be a, a an everyday player. Um, it's just a matter of um, kind of keeping consistency in, uh, in all that. Um, I wanted to kind of segue a little bit in the conversation. I wanted your thoughts on kind of a broader topic. I know you've been kind of, I guess, um, the face of StatCast in a way. I mean, you're like the public face, I guess you could say. Um, how do you respond to, to the criticism? I, I think I've been seeing a lot more criticism lately with regard to kind of, oh, launch angle is pointless and exit velocity doesn't matter. Um, how do you respond to people that kind of don't see the value in kind of stat cast and, and what it can provide um, to, to those of us who watch the game? 
Yeah, I guess it depends on what perspective that criticism is coming from. You know, sometimes it's from people who just don't understand, and that's perfectly fine. This stuff's brand new, and it, I'm, I'm very happy to kind of sit down and explain how it works and why it's important. And usually in those cases, you can kind of uh, come to an understanding. Uh, and sometimes there's, you know, there's like a dozen or so smart people who just like to kind of complain about a lot of things, and there's not <laughs> much to be done there. Um, and what, what I try to say is, yeah, it is, it is a scouting tool, right? This tells me pretty easily... Do you have the skill of, of hitting the ball hard? If you don't, we probably can't teach that. If you do, well, then maybe we can work with you on you know, plate discipline, that kind of thing. I do think the launch angle thing has gotten a little overplayed. Um, you don't need to necessarily know what a guy's launch angle is if, if you want to know. Uh, you know it's, it's good to not hit ground balls into the shift, right? Like I don't think any hitter I've ever talked to has gone up there, with the exception of Daniel Murphy, who probably does do this. Uh, saying I need to hit a ball at 28 degrees, like that's just not how hitting works. That's not how anybody thinks about it. You know, they think about yeah. backspin. They think about getting the ball off the ground. All launch angle is is just a, another way to quantify not hitting ground balls. Uh, so I, I think that you know you don't have to love the term. You don't have to use the term, and I don't think a lot of players actually do use the term. It's just it's a way for us to, to measure it. I like it a little bit better than like you know fly ball percentage because it gets a little iffy at a certain point of like was this line drive like a high line drive actually a low fly ball or a high line drive it gets into some classification issues but if i know it was hit at you know 28 degrees well then i know it was hit at 28 degrees and i don't have to worry about whether uh, a human being thought it was a liner or a fly drive that kind of thing nice you know as a former caveman who's kind of embracing <laughs> the stat movement I, i'm i'm really just really kind of embracing it i, I mean that, just for lack of better words it, it's something that like i say i've I've just been slow to kind of adapt to, but things like the barrel, the barreling of baseball thing, they just make sense to me. I mean, if a guy's consistently hitting the ball on the barrel, that's something that's worth noting. and something that's worth, you know, keeping track of. And I love these new stats that are coming up, the new, you know, spin angle or spin velocity, stuff like that. They're, they're just interesting. And, you know, the game of baseball is all about stats and digesting them. So any kind of new information you can gather about a player is definitely beneficial, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Nobody wants to turn all of baseball into a uh, an advanced math course, right? I mean, I guess <laughs> some people some people are really into that, but that's that's really my job is to uh, figure out how to appeal to the advanced audience because I used to write a fan graphs, but I also work with a lot of TV broadcasters and newspaper writers. Or like, you know, how do I explain this to my audience in a way that anybody will actually understand it? So exit exactly. velocity is pretty easy, right? Exit velocity is how hard did this dude hit the ball? Yeah, that's. Pretty simple to pick up. It can get more complicated than that. Um, sometimes it necessarily has to be. Like you'd think, how fast does a guy run is easy. It's actually really complicated because how often is a guy actually trying, right? Like how often is a guy jogging out a pop fly to first base? Well, I don't want to measure that. Uh, that doesn't tell True. me anything. But True. There's no there's no rule book definition for this guy tried hard. So we're, we're kind of trying to figure yeah. it out, and then that takes some explanation. So it does have to get a little more complicated sometimes but what's cool about this stuff is that you can make it super complicated or you can make it super easy who ran the fastest who threw the hardest uh that's that's fun in an entertainment point of view and it's also great from a scouting point of view yeah exactly and when you hear 70 80 year old announcers referring to to exit velocity and stuff you know that it's <laughs> kind of gotten into the, the general public at that point because they've even embraced it so it's it's exciting to see this kind of movement in the in the game of baseball for sure um Let's move on to Brad Hand, someone who's pretty interesting to Padre fans. Uh, was re-upped this past winter for an extra year of uh, contract uh, eligibility. Um, 
you, last year you made a case for for him being uh, one of the most valuable relievers on the market. Do you sense that his value has gone down, or do you think that uh, teams will be interested come July again for his uh, services? I don't think his value has gone down. I, I know he's had uh, some trouble throwing strikes a little bit, but you know he's mm-hmm, pitched mm-hmm. like what fourteen innings or something like that. So really, at this point in the season, um, the only time I'm going to be concerned about a guy is if his velocity has dropped considerably. Uh, you know, any any kind of indication of an injury, which just kind of eyeballing this really quickly, it does not look like that's the case. He's he's throwing as hard as he ever has the slider is still moving um if he's you know if it's july and he's walking five guys per nine uh then yeah then that's that's gonna worry me but uh, you know a couple of weeks it doesn't mean that much to me and he's still striking guys out right i mean if you look at the numbers he's still whiffing uh like a third of his hitters yeah so 13 guys per nine last year he was just under 12 guys per nine so i'm not worried really at all he got to throw strikes sure but i think he's had a couple of bad games i still think he's really valuable uh, the question is going to be, are they going to hang on to him or sell? I mean, I like the Padres. They're interesting, but they are not going to be contenders this year. They're already, what, 10 games under 500. So there will be some guys that teams are going to be coming after, and he's probably the first name on the list. Yeah, I mean, to me, Brad Hand should be a trade uh, candidate because their bullpen is so deep. And there's, I mean, it seems like there's several guys who could fill in in a closer role. I mean, Craig Stammen's been lights out this year. Phil Maytown has taken a big, has taken a big step forward. Um, Kirby Yates has looked pretty solid, although he had a little bit of an injury. Um, so there's so much depth there. I think they could afford to, you know, trade Brad Hand and kind of fill in as they need. Um, I want to kind of segue back to some some broader stat quest. Can't talk stat cast questions. Um, I wanted your thoughts on kind of what you guys are working on o- over at MLB and kind of what what new kind of metrics are you guys looking to roll out? Kind of what's what's in the works currently. Yeah, one thing, uh, well, we just rolled out last week brand new player pages at BaseballSavant.com. So mm-hmm. that's got all of the interesting stats about a guy in one spot rather than having to you know, do individual queries. Uh, the next thing we're working on that I'm looking at right now, and I'm real hopeful we'll have this out in the next week or 10 days or so, is a ton of uh, shifting and positioning data. Right now, the only way you can get that is on fan graphs, and that's only on balls in play, which is cool. Uh, but it doesn't really tell you the whole story. You actually need to know what happens when the ball is not put in play against the mm-hmm. shift. And that's going to be available because we have it on every single pitch. Uh, so I'm looking at it right now, for example, and I can say that this year uh, the Padres have, let's see, where are the Padres here? They have shifted uh, only 8% of the time while pitching, and that's like bottom five in the league. So they just do not shift uh, very often. Interesting. And I, I, hope that, I hope that corresponds yeah. to what you guys are seeing with your eyes, uh, <laughs> but that's what it looks like right now. So you'll be able to get the numbers on that. There's some cool visuals. Uh, you'll also be able to do it by uh, hitter. You can see which hitters are being shifted on by pitcher. And then you can actually drill down into positions. Like you can say, okay, I want third baseman. Uh, who plays the deepest? Who plays the closest to the line? That kind of thing. So that'll all be out soon. Uh, and then there's like a list of about a million other things uh, we're <laughs> working on. I mentioned sprint speed, which is basically top speed. And that's been out for uh, like a year, and that's that's cool, but that's not the whole story. Some guys uh, have better explosiveness or, or burst or acceleration or whatever we're going to call it. Uh, there's really like three different parts to the speed. So we've got one part out, and we need to get the other parts out. So I'm excited about that. Lots of stuff we're working on. Is there anything uh, awesome. with regard to kind of infield defense? And I know that's a, a tricky subject to really measure. Has there any, been any work on that as well? Yeah, tons of work on that. I, I was kind of hoping we would do that for opening day and just – it is so complicated yeah. compared to outfield defense. There's more more guys in a smaller space. And then, uh, you know, one thing that people kind of forget is that 
outfielders don't move a ton based on the game situation, right? Like if, if there's a guy on first, it's not going to change your center fielder that much, but mm-hmm. it changes where your first baseman plays enormously, right? If there's a, a double play situation, it changes your shortstop's position enormously. So uh, we just want to get it right, and you know it's it's being worked on. I'm, I'm hopeful we will get it out uh, at some point this summer. But yeah, that's uh, that's going to be pretty exciting. Awesome, awesome new things to look forward to. Uh, last question I have for you before we get you out of here. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts and your impressions on uh, Joey Lucchese and Christian Villanueva. The Padre fans are pretty excited as the first uh, or first or second wave of talent is is arriving at Petco. So, give me your thoughts on those two young men, if you could, really quickly. Yeah, Villanueva, I look at it as kind of the opposite of Franchi Cordero because I look at you know Franchi is unbelievably talented, and I just don't know if he'll ever put it together. Villanueva is sort of the opposite because I think he's a good player, but I don't think anyone thinks he's this all-world talent. What he seems to have done is identified one thing he can do really well. Like he doesn't hit the ball that hard. You know, his exit velocity is like league average, and his uh, hard hit rate is about league average. But he's like top two in the league in when he puts the ball in the air, pulling it right. And mm-hmm. if you're going to try to hit home runs, hitting it. 330 down the line as opposed to 400 whatever the dead center is a pretty good way to do it so it's cool that he's sort of identified here's what i can do to make myself valuable now does he keep it up all year i don't really know but it's it's pretty fun to see him uh, get that start and obviously chase headley looks cooked so i would imagine villanova yeah. gets yeah. Uh, a ton of rope the you... is interesting i'm oh, sorry go ahead <laughs> i was gonna say you're endearing yourself to uh, padre fans with that chase headley comment <laughs> well, i was excited to see him go back home i thought great you know it's where he should have been and it's just man it has not worked out no yeah <laughs> uh lucchese is interesting he doesn't he doesn't really throw hard right and he's got uh what does he call that pitch the churve i think is, yeah yeah it's 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 a unique look right so you know uh i'll, I'll give him that um He's struck out more guys than I thought he would, which is cool. He's striking out a man per inning. Uh, I, I just I have a hard time with guys who don't really have velocity at all. You know, like 90 miles an hour, it's not that much. And I know that he's a, kind of a funky lefty, so, you know, that's fine. Um, but I, I kind of look at him as more of a back-end guy than, you know, a, a future ace, which is fine. I mean, if he can give you, you know, 150, 180, like, league average or so innings, that's that's pretty cool. It's just it's weird to compare him to anybody because he's so funky. Yeah, I mean, I think him and Lauer are both kind of interesting cases because neither guy throws very hard, so it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of adapt to uh, Major League hitting, but I think Lucchese so far so good. Um, well, well, Mike, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, it's been great talking to you. I mean, I think I'm one of the biggest StatCast fans around. I mean, I listen to the podcast. I'm always on Baseball Savant. So uh, for those who don't know, go to Baseball Savant. You can find pretty much anything with regard to stats. Uh, you can find Mike on Twitter at uh, Mike underscore Petriello. Uh, all, his, all his work is at MLB.com. Um, he's posting great stuff every week. So, uh, yeah, just I really appreciate you coming on, Mike. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, Mike. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Uh, well, there you go, folks. Mike Petriello of MLB.com giving us a little bit of a breakdown on the San Diego Padres. Uh, always appreciative to talk to national guys uh, about the opinions of the team. We look forward to that. It's kind of stale just talking about the same guys who see the system day in and day out. It's nice to see someone who doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the Padres who give us an honest opinion of uh, of what they look like. Uh, Patrick, your thoughts on Mike and what he kind of gave us in, in his uh, 20, 30 minutes with us. Yeah, I mean, I've been looking forward to having this conversation for a while. I mean, obviously, as most people know, I'm one of the biggest StatCast fans. I'm always tweeting about, you know, exit velocity, launch angle, and all that. 
Um, so yeah, it was good to talk to Mike and hear about some new things they're going to roll out soon. Um, for those who don't listen, I definitely recommend the Statcast podcast. Uh, they try to you know break everything down and make it manageable. I know it's a lot of information, but uh, they definitely make it um, presentable and uh, relatable. So definitely, if, if you yeah. guys don't already check out that podcast, uh, huge shout out there. Exciting, exciting stuff for sure. It's nice to see that they're working on uh, on new stuff as well at uh, MLB.com and Statcast. Uh, expect to see Mike in our rotation. Uh, we've built a pretty good relationship with him, so uh, hopefully we'll have him on again soon talking about the Padres and uh, Franchi Cordero probably because the, the man just keeps on putting up impressive numbers. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this team right now and, and how they're positioning themselves or how they're playing. Um, there's still going to be issues in the outfield, you have to think, when Myers and Margot uh, finally get healthy. What are your thoughts on this outfield moving forward? At this point, Cordero's got to play every day. Margot's probably got to play every day. Uh, give me your thoughts on, on what the Padres are going to have to do moving forward to get enough playing time to all these guys. I mean, I think currently it stands that I think Cordero's going to play in left. Margot's going to be in center. Myers is going to be in right. And I think that uh, if Prell is not playing second, I think he's going to be relegated to more of a utility-type role. Um I think the same can be said for Hunter Renfro. I mean, he's definitely shown a little bit of improvement this year, but at the same time, I mean, he's getting lapped by other guys. And I know Margot hasn't really performed yet, but I think Margot does enough uh, in the field where you, you like him out there in center, regardless of if he's you know producing a bunch at the plate. Although, I think lately he's picked it up a little bit. I think he's starting to maybe heat up. I know I don't like the phrase heat up a little bit because it's not really... I mean, I don't know. But uh, he's definitely yeah. starting to, I think, perform a little better. I think he's, he's figuring it out a bit, so... Yeah, I think when Myers comes back, it's got to be those three, and I think Renfro and uh, Perella are kind of your, you know, utility types. Uh, Perella can kind of bounce around a bit, play second. Um, yeah, Renfro's yeah. Like, Renfro kind of just looks like a bench bat for now, and I don't know if he gets traded eventually or if he's just going to ride the bench for the year. I, I'm not sure. So, something's got to give. Yeah. You know, something's got to give. I mean, it's not as though we have a, a six foot five, two hundred and twenty pound uh, outfielder in AAA smashing home runs or anything, looking for playing time. So. Yeah. I'm talking about Franmil Reyes, who's back to back two home run games. All four home runs were to right field. The man's impressive. And at 22, he's beginning to knock on that door of demanding some major league service time. I don't anticipate seeing it this year just because the team is so, just so crowded with the outfield talent. But. I do expect to see 30 home runs from this man in in, in AAA in the PCL because it's a hitter's league. Uh, give me your thoughts on Fran Meal. I mean, I, I, I just I really love the kid. I mean, him and I are are pretty close. Uh, I, I I'm just he impresses me more and more each day that I see him play the game. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy how how much outfield depth the team has. And I know there's not a lot. None of these guys are really impact players just yet. But I mean, there's just so much yeah. there at the upper levels, and it's just like. Something's got to give in the next, you know, six months, really. I mean, you're going to have to start making some decisions, making some trades if you need to. But, yeah, dude's been a monster. I mean, he's just hitting dingers. And you just got to think, when is the DH coming to the, yeah. to the National League? Yeah. I mean, you got Josh Naylor raking, and he's got to find a place yeah. to play in a couple years. And then you got exactly. Reyes raking currently. And it's like you already have two first basemen, arguably, on your roster. So it's like, where yeah. are you going to fit these guys? And I know there's there's been more emphasis uh, in recent years on defense. So it's like... If you run out a D, if you run an outfield of like Fran Mil Reyes and Will Myers, that's gonna that might get a little ugly. I mean, Fran Mil Reyes is definitely respectable um, in the outfield, but he's getting as he gets older. I mean, he's definitely gonna slow down. I mean, yeah, he's, he's gonna yeah. be. 
I mean, the guy looks like David Ortiz. I mean, he's built. I think he's six <laughs> five, about what two forty, two fifty. Uh, he's a big dude. So having him in the outfield every day, maybe not the best idea. But I mean, you look at first base being taken. It's like, what do you do with the guy? I mean, he's gonna yeah. keep hitting dingers. I mean, he's he's raking right now. So I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. It's, it's to see amazing how that. It's amazing that he's not even in the top thirty prospect list for the Padres. Yeah, I mean, he's he's at Triple A. <laughs> I mean, he's should be a top thirty prospect at this point because you know I'll go out on a on a limb right here and say that one of those top thirty prospects that's currently this uh, in the Padres system is probably not going to make the major leagues. And at this point, Franmil Reyes is pretty much guaranteed to at least be given a shot at, at some point in his career at his age and producing the way he has. He's going to be given a shot. So, you know, I know it's kind of – it's up in the air as far as the top 30 prospects and its amount of, of preference and, and what people want. But I would expect to see him creep into that list eventually. Uh, Cordero's still on there, right? It, no, he's gone. Cordero? Uh, I think Reggie uh, Lawson took his spot. Although yeah, I, I thought think there was Lu- one more. I think Lucchese and Lauer should theoretically – There you go. There I don't you know go. if Lucchese's off yet. I have to, I'd have to look. But I think Lucchese's still on for – I don't. I well, don't know what the service time is for pitchers. I think it's a little different. Probably it probably is. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. It just shows the the depth of this farm system and how many players they have that aren't even really getting recognition at this point. Um, there's a lot of teenagers in the system that are kind of just uh, going out and, and doing their business that aren't really being the, getting the notoriety that they deserve. So we're here to talk about prospects, I guess, for a couple minutes. Um, give me your thoughts on anybody who's kind of shined this season, uh, early this season. You know, the minor league season's barely less than a month in. But is there anybody who's kind of impressed you so far and taken the extra step of this 2018 season? Uh, yeah, I tweeted some stats out last night, so I'm just going to kind of go level by level with a couple guys that kind of stand out to me. Um, I mean, Jason okay. Rosario's been a, a monster so far this year. The dude has a 474 yes. on base percentage, which is obscene. I mean, he's getting on base half the yeah. time. He's got a 21% walk rate while he's only striking out 16% of the time. Um, he's yet to really find a lot of power. His ISO is under 100, so he's not really showed any in-game power yet. But, I mean, there is some more there. I think he can kind of grow. I mean, he's still 18, so he can kind of put on some mass, you know. Um, but, yeah, he's been a, a bright spot for Fort Wayne. I mean, they've had some trouble on offense. Um, most of their guys have kind of gone off to a bit of a slow start. Um, you look at uh, Lake Elson, I think Buddy Reed's the obvious option. I mean, the dude's hitting for power. He's hitting for average. Uh, he's not walking a lot, which is an issue. Um, his average yeah, on-base percentage are pretty yeah. close to each other. But, I mean, with his speed and kind of what he's doing, I mean, he can kind of hold a, a high BABIP. His BABIP is like 400 right now, I think 420. So he can hold a high BABIP with his speed, I think, but maybe not that high. So that's going to be interesting to see how he kind of plays out. I mean – Hudson Potts has pretty much been a, a about an average hitter. I mean, he's hitting hitting home runs. Um, he needs to show more plate discipline, I think, to really stand out. Uh, Josh Naylor and Austin Allen. I think I've said enough about those two. Uh, they're both yeah. they're both rocking they're both Killing rocking it. on base percentages over 400. Uh, the both their OPSs are over 1100. Um, both are hitting home runs, hitting doubles. Uh, yeah, those guys are killing it. Um, really, really no surprise there. And then AAA, you see. Um, Brett Nicholas has really been good at catcher. He's been the the best offensive player on the team. Um, Luis Sirius continues to be Luis Sirius. His walk rate and K rate are pretty much identical. He's got a 132 WRC plus. And I think that segues nicely into a, maybe a conversation about Luis Sirius. Um, I know some people have been clamoring mm-hmm. to see him up in Mexico, and that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. what, what do you kind of what do you think about if he's major league ready and and if they're going to call him up, you know, soon or why didn't they call him up this weekend? What are your thoughts on that whole conversation? Uh, 
Yeah, I don't think he was necessarily ready for this weekend. I don't think that they wanted him to make his major league debut with all this fanfare and kind of this pressure, if you will. Um, I believe he's close. I, I really do. I think that the Perella Aswahi thing is going to kind of fade out eventually. Um, I, I would. I I totally expect Jose Perella to be shot by this team uh, come July because at this point he's just not. He's not in the plans for the future. And he should have some value or should be able to retain some value to someone as a bench player or a platoon player. Um, this is close. He's, he's close. His, his, his numbers are ticking up after a slow start. He had a little bit of an ankle injury, which kind of sidelined him for a little bit. Um, I know fans are, are anxious to want to get him in the lineup and get him and see him, but I think the Padres are playing it smart. He's still very young. You don't want to bring him up and, and have him had a bad taste in his mouth about his experience with with major league pitching, so um, it, it's it's close though. <clears throat> I, I would expect to see him, like I say, shortly. And, and once he gets here, I think that the Padres want him to stay. So it's not someone they want to put in that El Paso shuttle in between San Diego and El Paso. They they want him to be up, be confident, and be ready to to be a centerpiece of this team for a long time. So just be patient, Padre fans. Time is coming. There's still a lot of evaluation with the current major leaguers being going going on, so it's not necessarily time to move on into Luis Urias at this point. Yeah, I really have three thoughts on Urias. I mean, I think the first one is, do you really want him kind of debuting in Mexico with all that fanfare and all that kind of pressure? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then kind of an ancillary point to that is, I think Christian Will Nueva is also, you know, a Mexican-born player. So I think he, I think they honestly want to give him a little bit of, you know, attention, a little bit of love, and they don't want to overshadow that with, you know, both the guys. I know, I know there's enough love to go around, obviously, and I'm not saying that's yeah. their calculus, but I think that also maybe plays into it that give Christian Will Nueva his, you know, due, and and Arias will come up in due time. I think I'd, I'd be surprised if he wasn't up by the end of June. I mean, maybe even sooner than that. I'd say June is really where I'm at. I mean, if he's up before that, I'm not going to be surprised, but. I think it's definitely, you know, getting close. Um, I think there's still a few things. I mean, I know I've had conversations like, what does he still have to work on? I don't know if there's really anything he has to work on necessarily, but, I mean, he still isn't showing enough power, so maybe, I mean, showing a little more pop. Um, but other than that, I mean, he's mm-hmm. showing great plate discipline as always. He's obviously had injury last year. He had to recover from a bit. He had a slow start, a little bit of slump here. Um, but he's kind of breaking out a little bit. So, yeah, I, I think they're really waiting for him to get really hot, and once he gets really hot, I think they'll, they'll uh, make the move. Yeah, it's it's coming, and it's a matter of the pro- it's a matter of just being patient for for Padre fans. I, I know it's it's tough because we see all these young players, and we see Lucchese and Lauer coming up and, and performing, and we want the same thing with Urias. So it's 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 just going to have to be when Urias is ready. And, and at this point, I, I don't think he is, but it's it's getting close. It's getting it really is getting close. Yeah, I honestly think he is probably ready, but it's just a matter of uh, when the organization wants to pull the trigger. And, I mean, maybe they're not making this consideration, but um, I don't know for people who know about the Super 2 deadline, which um, guarantees a team kind of an extra year of um, arbitration control. Uh, That's usually about June-ish. So I don't know if they're actually considering that, but that's something that you consider for younger prospects, guys you want to... I know this sounds terrible, but save money on in terms of arbitration. So that might be a, a factor with regard to that since Urias is a younger guy. Um, and those kind of guys tend to you know get more in arbitration as they progress through the league. Um, with guys like Lucchese and Lauer, the extra year of control doesn't really matter as much since they're a little older already. Um, but yeah, that that's maybe a consideration. I know that's not a, something people like to talk about since it's kind of sleazy, but 
Um, it's definitely something that I think teams do take into consideration with regard to certain players. So who knows? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is a business when it's all said and done, and you got to do what's smart. Um, if it comes to gaining an extra year of eligibility with him, then you got to do what you got to do because at this point, he's it's just it's just dumb to put to call him up at this point when you don't necessarily need it. You have to create a forty man roster spot. Uh, someone off the twenty five man would lose a, a position, and, and you'd lose the ability to evaluate that person moving forward. So there's there's still a lot of valuation. Uh, Carlos Asuaje, Jose Perella, uh, Spangenberg, even at AAA, they're still being evaluated and still being handled correctly. And Urias is, is just going to have to wait in line. And, and when his time comes, he's obviously going to take advantage of it and, and going to be in the lineup for a long time. So we'll just have to remain patient, as, as I said. Um, Patrick, anything else before we get out of here? I think we had a pretty decent show with uh with mike coming on uh i apologize to the listeners for for us not getting out and being more regimented with our schedule it's just been tough for both of us uh in recent weeks but we hope to be getting uh more regimented with our schedule and be a little more consistent with when we're getting our podcasts out correct yes hopefully we're uh, back in the swing of things here i know it's been a a long few weeks for both of us. Uh, we were sick and busy schedules and all. But, yeah, hopefully we're back and uh, ready to, to talk some more Padre baseball. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you so much, folks, for joining us. Uh, Patrick, go ahead and send us out of here. Uh, hopefully the Padres are able to take the series in Mexico this weekend. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, let's just uh, sweep the Dodgers while we're at it. Um, sure. Yeah, so we're hosted on Podbean. You can find us there. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, anywhere you find podcasts, you'll see us there. If for any reason you go, you have a service you use and you don't see us on there, let me know. I can I can work that out. Um, we're on Twitter at EBT Podcast. If you want to follow us on there, usually we're just tweeting about the, the show when we have new episodes. If you want to follow us to to keep updated, um, James is at EBT underscore News at EBT underscore J Clark for his personal. Um, I'm Patrick Brew 93. Uh, we're the East Village Times podcast and uh, stay tuned. We got some more guests lined up, uh, some more good shows. So uh, stay tuned for that. East Village Times podcast is signing out. EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast.